Friend of the show, standing in for Gaz, Claire. Hi. Today we're going to talk about some aviation mysteries and some general weird shit involving planes, because it's Claire's pick, so blame her if you don't like it. <laughs> no! Uh, what a way to fucking sell it! Don't blame it, blame me Shit. <laughs> it's not going to be shit, it's going to be hilarious. Classic. As it always is. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to haze her, she's new! <laughs> Break me in slowly. That's it. Do you want to drop an actress said to the bishop joke in there, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> right, let's thank some new and returning listeners then. Clarksburg, West Virginia. Oh, Mogilev, Belarus. Borlingu, I think that's how you say it. Sweden. Brownsville, Oregon. Oss in the Netherlands. That's what they call a horse in Dublin. Uh-huh. <laughs> Karshouten, United Kingdom. Ba- uh, somewhere in India. Dublin, Ireland. Panama, Panama. Uh, St. Leonard's, Australia, Ashburn, Virginia, into the top ten, Madrid, Spain, uh, West Jordan, uh, Utah, Shady Nasty, uh, New York, of course, Washington, Virginia, Guadalajara, Spain, and, of all places, Tipton in the UK. Hey. Hey. You've been binging it this week, Tipton, 78 listens, wow, well, yeah, I've been binging it. Yeah. You're right, am you? Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I hope you're not wearing all denim. <laughs> um, should we go on some weird news, then? Let's go for it. Splendid. Let's get the boys' views on this week's weird news. Asteroid heading our way before presidential election, and I, for one, welcome the giant <laughs> asteroid. Quite frankly, end it all. That's what I want. Trump, tw- Trump, Pence, twenty twenty, just end it all. Uh. <laughs> The year could end with a bang. Scientists recently spotted an asteroid on a direct collision course with Earth, projected to hit a day before the presidential elections in November. The flying space object known as 2018VP1. Catch up. Fucking yeah. <laughs> I want that job, you know. I could. Uh, <laughs> Emma Strick and the bloke at NASA is paid to get to do these names. I'll call that one Dave. C3P2. C3P2. Alice. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, I think initially they're given these names and then they're named after the person who found it. Mm. It'd be shitter if you found the comet or asteroid that was going to destroy your ah. life on the planet. <laughs> like, oh man, Comet Mike's on its way in. <laughs> you just get beaten up. <laughs> he sounds like a hurricane Mike does. Not like an asteroid. <laughs> <laughs> You got me right there, yeah. He comes on like a hurricane. <laughs> <laughs> like a hurricane. Uh, yeah, it's only, oh, it's only six and a half feet in diameter, so... Uh, could be three potential impacts based on 21 observations spanning 12,000... Is that 12.968 days? With a chance of a direct impact less than 1%. So... It might be this, but it's only six and a half feet wide, so whatever. It's just going to hit Moe's bar. Yeah. 
That would burn up. That would burn up in our atmosphere, surely. That's enough to be no bigger than a chihuahua's head. Hmm. Apparently there's like tons of space dust a day. It's Earth. Yeah. Mm. Ah. Broken up comets, meteorites, or just general dust in the in space. Yeah. There's no impact on us though, I take it. I'm not no. breathing in space dust. No. Along with all the pollution. Dissipates in the atmosphere, doesn't it? But four tonnes may sound... I think it's about four tonnes a day or something. may sound a lot, but in the scheme of things, it, you know, the Earth, it's nothing, is it? Nah, it's a pretty big pretty big bit of space out there, isn't it? It's infinity. Mm. To infinity and beyond. Yeah. Yeah. All right, then, so we're not all going to die, but it might hit the day after the elections. Should be interesting. That would be, be a baptism of fire for the new guy, wouldn't it? Yeah. Or the old guy, whichever one wins. Well, they're both old guys. Yeah. Yeah. Both old and senile. Definitely both senile, I'll give you that. Outdated. Mm. Of course, I'm a politician now. Yeah, congratulations, yeah, Ben. Thank you. Yeah. Well done, Ben. So, yeah. This time next year. Rodney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I'm a. Uh, Just remember. Much. The money was resting in your account. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> I prefer all my bribes in a non-destruct briefcase rather than a bag with a pound cut bound pound sign on it though. Then you better iterate reiterate that you're joking because you're actually a counsellor now and you just admit to taking bribes. <laughs> I'm not a counsellor technically yet, so I can make jokes about these things, but I am completely uncorruptible. I am Batman. I am the knight. <laughs> Tumbleweed. <laughs> oh, I thought you two don't watch enough Batman. <laughs> Let's move on, shall we? All right. Dead woman discovered alive in body bag at funeral home. Jesus. 20-year-old Tamisha Beauchamp was discovered alive shortly before she was to be embalmed, according to family lawyer. Fucking hell. Nightmare. She be out on a bender. <laughs> comatose <laughs> they would have begun draining her blood to be very frank about it Jeffrey Fieger told WXYZ TV Fieger who was hired by the family identified the woman as Tamisha Beauchamp the Southfield Fire Department acknowledged it was involved in a bizarre set of events on Sunday that began when a medical crew was summoned to a home where a 20 year old woman was unresponsive Paramedics tried to revive her for 30 minutes and consulted an emergency room doctor, the department said. The doctor pronounced the patient deceased based upon medical information provided from the scene. So he didn't check? Yeah. <laughs> didn't he just take a pulse? That's insane. <laughs> Was it that Nigerian doctor who thinks that you get impotence from having sex with witches in your dreams? Uh, <laughs> well, that's my <me> problem. Bloody <laughs> <laughs> <Any> witches. <laughs> So someone said, I think she's dead, and he just went, just went along with it. Yeah. Fuck like, oh, yeah. Yeah, all right, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, all right, then. Yeah. Gotta go home, golf, uh, golf sign. <laughs> look, I'm on break in five. Yeah. <laughs> she probably had no insurance, that's what it was. Uh, there you go. <laughs> Can't even check the pulse, that's $100,000. <laughs> wouldn't surprise me, you know. <laughs> Sorry, 10 grand to check your pulse <laughs> on the clock. <laughs> Fieger said they were about to embalm her, which is most frightening, just a bit. Had she not had her eyes open, the funeral home unzipping the body bag, literally that's what happened to Tamisha. Seeing her alive with her eyes open. So, 
Imagine being a fucking embalmer. <sighs> I've heard some tales about people who've worked in the in the morgue and oh. stuff like that at the hospital. Have you? I have. Yeah. And old friend used to be a nurse. Not Jimmy Savile type. type no, 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 no. Old friend used to be a nurse, and she said like she's been like turn the she's like the, the light switches by the stairs, and she's just got to the foot of the stairs, turned around to make sure that everything's all right in there. She hasn't left anything out. There's a couple of bodies on the slabs waiting to be examined, and like all of a sudden one sat fucking bolt upright before she's turned the lights off, and it's just a rigor mortis. What it can cause that much tension for them to. Yeah, just literally sit right up. Oh, freaking. She just chews up the stairs while she waited. (laughs) (laughs) And stuff like people have been uh, taking fingerprints off off the bodies if there's been a a murder, and the fingers have closed around their hand and held their hand as a rigor mortis. Mm. Of course, you always get that black, they can breathe too, because any air left in the lungs, if you sort of push down the stomach, it'll come out as a a, a wheeze, a dead man's wheeze. They're creepy. They fart as well, don't they? They do fart. They do, they expel all their gases. Mm -hmm. And they'll evacuate their bowels on death. That's what no one tells you. Mm -hmm. But only when I'm dead, someone's going to clean my shit up. Yeah, I'm not down for it. This woman's lucky. I like what the mother says, though. My heart is so heavy, someone pronounced my child dead, and she's not even dead. <laughs> she makes it sound like she wishes she was. Yes. You don't even know she's dead. <laughs> she don't even know she's dead. Oh, baby. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If she's calling her daughter Beauchamp, <laughs> and Eric, yeah, then I'm, I'm guessing she talks she, like that. She's southern. <laughs> I'm oh. down south. <laughs> that would be fucking frightening, though, wouldn't it? What, waking up in a body bag? Fuck yeah. Better than waking up in a coffin, mate. Mm. <laughs> you want to the freezers? Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, fucking cold in here. Mm. <laughs> Your toes have gone purple. Oh. I leave the window open. <laughs> oh. You'd just be banging on the outside, wouldn't you? At least you know someone's going to come and get you at that point. Because you're in the, you know, you're still in the morgue. You might have to wait a bit, but you know someone's going to take you out the thing. You've got that. It's pretty cold in there. You could die of a night if you know you're not mm. wearing a lot, are you? I don't know. Unless you've been dressed. Well, that's I true. Naked, be, I imagine. be a sticky situation. <laughs> sticky <don't>... and cold. <laughs> well, can Only thing I can do now is to keep myself warm. <laughs> Just master- <laughs> masturbate furiously. <laughs> be a bit awkward when they come down in the morning. You're just there jacking off, <laughs> opening the door. Yeah. Oh, oh God, let me finish. <laughs> Put me back in. <laughs> this cold works wonders for the chafing. Uh. <laughs> uh. Alright, last one then. Fury erupts outside Buckingham Palace as enraged crowds scream paedophile at the gates. Oh, and it go. makes perfect sense. Uh, is, it, is it our prince again, is it? Paedophile prince. Oh, so, the protest reportedly started at 1.30 on the 22nd of August and involved protesters marching to Parliament Square as well as Buckingham Palace. Similar protests have been held in Liverpool and Manchester and protests were encouraged to wear white t-shirts to the march. Freedom for the Children Global Walk London took to Facebook to explain more regarding the protest. Crikey. The purpose of the walk was to bring about um, 
awareness of the recent reality of child exploitation with our, in our communities and around the world. It's fucking rife. It is rife. And they don't do anything about it. They keep stalling it. Have you what's this this paedophile thing investigation that's be going on? Oh the, well, the, the one in Westminster yeah. was stopped because the files got accidentally shredded. Oh, okay. um, what's the one that they wouldn't release the files? I can't remember what that one is now. I think there were some of the historical ones from Parliament. Mm. The Still dodgy though. Why aren't you releasing them unless you know? That's it, isn't it? It's called transparency. So the only people who are named who are dead who have got dementia. Well, that's it. I mean, no, everyone must have known about Savile. He died, and like a week later, next thing you know, he's like the world's biggest paedophile. No one knew about that a week ago. A week ago, Or yeah. two weeks ago, or a month ago. Of course they did. But of course you've got the hashtag save our children going on around at the moment. Because save the children is something to do with Bill Gates, and no one likes Bill Gates at the moment, apparently, in the conspiracy community. Well, no, he's... Because he's going to put microchips in your vaccines... What, sort of nanochips or something, something? Yeah, but it's going to track you. And that's like having the mark of the beast. And then he's going to depop. <laughs> and then he's going to depop. I'm, I'm not saying I believe this. No, I know. <laughs> and then he's going to... The vaccines... His vaccine programme is actually due to depopulate the world. Um, and apparently he's... Ki- these, his vaccines in Africa have killed millions, but no one's talking about it. I think someone might have noticed, though. I mean, it's not going to get reported in the press, but surely some African bloke's going to come over and go, hey, you know what? Loads of people die in my village after their vaccines. Uh, yeah. You know, you'd think, but... Yeah, so obviously Prince Andy is a nonce. We're in Telford, the... <laughs> in Telford we have grooming gangs. Yeah. And then we've got uh, the EDL on the right, who've got at least 20 nonces in their top ranks. Crikey. Which they don't make a lot of fuss about, because they're more concerned with the brown ones. Andy has obviously been hanging around with Epstein, but he's such an honourable bloke. <laughs> Did you see that interview, Claire? No. Oh, watch it. There's, I think there's a best of on YouTube, which is about ten minutes long, and it's just Andrew making himself look completely guilty. Oh, with the with the woman from BBC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He he was uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. I saw a bit of it on the news. He was a you know. He wasn't just... sweating though, was he? No, he doesn't sweat. No, he doesn't sweat. But he, he just looked uncomfortable and just I he come across really dumb. Yeah. Really dumb. Like dumber that you know they're just like go and play dumb, and he just really went full retard, didn't he? <laughs> whoever whoever told him that was a good idea. Yeah, it's fucking. It, it, apparently, it was him. You know, it's his own hubris. He thought that he was so above the law and, and and so beloved by the nation, you know what I mean? He could just talk shite and just get away with it. Why would yeah. he be loved by the nation, though? Because he's never done anything. Wait, went they're to the Falklands? They're privileged. That's what they're born up to believe, aren't they? They're born up to believe that. I mean, yeah. all he's done is get divorced and party. And he went to the Falklands. And, but then that's why he doesn't... I, tell you, I wish I'd have been Prince Andrew in that heat wave we had. Nah. <laughs> I sweat my knackers off at night, honestly. If I didn't, if I was just, I was just, God, lying there thinking, I wish I was Prince Andrew right now. Right, right now? Right, just not any other time. Just right now when I'm trying to sleep and it's roasting in my room with the windows open and the fan on. I wish I didn't sweat. I wonder if he's ever going to speak to the FBI. Ooh, they want him to. Yeah, apparently he said that he's, he's already offered twice. Right, that's what they keep saying. Can you come over yeah. there? Because <laughs> I've seen that a couple of times. Yeah. And oh man, do you often do you think that's why Harry did one? Embarrassment. No, like I'm not bringing my kid up around Uncle Andy. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's a possibility. You know, the, I think the limelight for the royals is just... It, it's too intrusive, isn't it, to be fair? And I think it's time we just... Bye-bye. You see mean you a later. Guillotine? No, not, no, <laughs> not quite that. Oh, just, oh. See you later, you know. Go we'll, and we'll keep your mansions oh. and we'll keep your... Keep your mansions, and we'll mm. you know all walk round them and and no, look at them. And just wear a council house. Yeah, and then stick them in. The, yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh. we'll, but we'll keep the mansions, the the, the, the you know, and, and use that for sort of tourist. We don't need the actual. Of course, you know, the most visited place in Europe is Paris, and we all know what they did with their royal family. Yeah. yeah. Didn't affect their tourism. Exactly. <laughs> it did exactly. if you were aristocracy. <laughs> it did in the 1800s, <laughs> I like the fact that people have gone to... I mean, the Queen's not there. I don't think anyone's in Buckingham Palace at the moment, but it's a symbol, symbolic thing, isn't it? Too you right, know. man. They think they're above the law. Well, they are because she owns the fucking court, so he's never going to get... He might get done over there, but I don't know whether we'd extradite him. There's talk she's going to step down and hand it on anyway. What to Andrew? <laughs> <laughs> I doubt that one. I will give Charles his due. At least he has said, like, look, you get no money from us now. You you stay in the shadows. You do not come out of public events. You are not having any more money out of the estate. That's it for you. Uncle Pedo. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Pedo, stay away from my grandkids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he should be tried like everyone else would. And then hung. Oh, I don't believe in the death penalty, but... Come on, Mike. He's a prince. Can't you make the exception just this mm. once? Nah, man, I can't do it. But, you know, well, when certainly I, should be locked away. When I'm in charge. <laughs> <laughs> God help us. Real bad. It'll be, a, it'll be a glorious utopia, Mike. You'll love it. Yeah, if everybody that agrees with you. <laughs> yeah, but I'm the only person who's left with common sense. <laughs> well, one of the few people left with common sense. Dictator Ben. <laughs> Generalissimo Ben. <laughs> <laughs> I want one of them gold, mm. gold epaulets. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, I'm a firm believer in democracy. Of course. When it goes my way. <laughs> uh, all right, let's start with our aviation mysteries. This one's not so much of a mystery, more of a, an explanation for something that you've probably never, ever thought about. I picked this one. So, in the 50s, Britain... I'm going to go back in time a little bit. Uh, a bit of history. Okay. Britain was like amazing at aircraft design and it's probably true from the, like, the 1930s to be fair when we invented the Spitfire and mm. that was a development of a racing plane we had the first jet uh, second jet aircraft with decent engines and our airplane our aircraft were phenomenal they were cutting edge like the worst of the world was an envy of our aviation design and after the war you get civil aviation coming back and now you've got jet engines so you can go further mm-hmm. So the British, the de Havilland Company, which made fighter bombers in the war, but were very good, made of wood. Look at the Mosquito. I bet them. Could do 600 miles an hour, they were made of wood. Wow. So they could make literally just thousands of them. Barely any resources to make. We've come up with this aircraft design, it's called the Comet. It's got it's got its engines built into the wings. It's a beautiful looking aircraft. It's, 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 it's smooth. It's, it was praised by people for its smooth flight and... Sometimes I think propeller planes on a long journey, they judder. Mm. It's, it's a really, I've been on a, if you've ever been on a prop um, airliner, no. I did when I went to Amsterdam, it was a propeller airliner. Wow. And I was like, it feels like I'm in a fucking Lancaster. <laughs> you know, it was, it was a juddery ride. But this is smooth and comfortable. And then, then after about a year, 
of flawless service and rave reviews. The American airliners were, major airlines were investing in them. They were making bigger versions to go further. They just started dropping out the sky. Fuck. Five of them went in a year. With people on them. With people on them, yeah. Major disasters, losses life. Well, you'd think after the first one, surely... Well, they just thought I'm in a fluke with the first one, so they called the fleet back in, same as they do with anything now. They check, double-check. But these are the early days of having pressurised cabins. And it actually came to it... Let's put it this way. You know how your windows in planes now are rounded at the corners? Yeah. The Comet had square ones. And after constant repressurising and depressurising, that causes stress fractures. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Because the angle's too sharp. Yeah. And that's why they were doing it. And sadly, it took the entire company out of business who were so bloody good at their jobs, apart from something that huh. had just been overlooked. It wasn't even thought of. It was, mm. wasn't understood. That no one knew what that... You know, they do the test flights. Everything goes to plan. Flies beautifully. Handles well. No one's looking at the windows. Mm. It's shocking, but yeah. I thought that was worthy of things. Don't you know? Yeah, you know something for a pub quiz. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And I'm always nostalgic for some 1950s British aviation design, because I'm that much of a nerd. Uh, <laughs> fair enough. The Vulcan bomber, Finger Beauty, designed to deliver death. It's ironic. I advise anyone who goes to Cosford Aerospace Museum to go and look at it. I don't think I've ever been. I know it's on the doorstep. But. Yeah, it's, it's a good afternoon. The Cold mm. War exhibition's great. They've actually got a, yeah. a nuclear bomb. Not a live one, obviously. But it's good. Yeah. It's awesome. they got all the V-bombers, Victor, oh. Valiant and Vulcan. And they were beautiful, my That's the thing. They were really nice planes. It, it was streamlined. And it was like it's something... If you're in the 50s, it'd be space age. It would be sci-fi. And sadly, by the time they came into service, they are obsolete because the Americans had got missiles going from... They got missiles instead. They didn't need big bombers. Yeah. Mm. But they even got engines, haven't they? They've got a side of engines that are sort of like you know you could bits taken off them, so you can see all the inside oh, wow. yeah. innards and stuff. And just marvel at who thought about putting those together ever. That's it. And of course, the Vulcan led to Concord. They used the because uh, it had the delta wing, the triangle wing. Mm. So that then led to the development of Concord. Concord's like an elongated Vulcan bomber, mm. really. Uh, yeah, that's my little one. Bit of history to start us off. Cool. I know this one. You okay, the, a teenage girl steals a plane and crashes it into a fence. I quite like the idea of just, not like for any terrorist act, no. or hijacking a plane, but just breaking into an airport. Joy riding, joy, joy flying. Joy riding, joy flying. That's I think it. it was a donkey dare. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, this 17-year-old from California... Climbed onto an Air King, a King Air 200 small propeller plane and started driving it around in a circle. <laughs> Reminds me of that that film, Indiana Jones, and it when he's oh, going yeah. around in a circle. Yeah. That's a Nazi plane as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's got Delta wings too. Hmm. He's fighting that big German, isn't he? Yeah, he's getting his ass kicked. Yeah. Yeah. I must watch them films again. Yeah, Not Temple of Doom, though. No, I didn't like that. All the Kingdom of the Crystal Sky. Oh, I like the Nazi ones. <laughs> <laughs> we know you love a Nazi film, Mike. <laughs> you and your documentaries. <laughs> no one enemy, Ben. That's not where you've got the same haircut as Hitler. That <laughs> <laughs> side parting coming in again. I was thinking about the uh, moustache. I'd, I'd leave that. <laughs> a bit too far. So, while she 
never got the jet airborne. There was substantial damage into the fence, and, yeah. and so there was no passengers on the commercial airline. And the fact she stole it. The fact they stole it. I think it's impressive. How is she? You know, this is only. Uh, She's Last like, year. She's 17, 17 or 19? 17. 17. 17. She seemed disorientated and uncooperative. <laughs> so she was obviously... Typical 17-year-old then. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was going to say she's probably on drugs, but no, she's probably just 17. Yeah. <laughs> I was very disorientated and uncooperative at 17. <laughs> that was because of drugs as well, though. Oh, yeah. yeah. She's got to be on something, hasn't she? Yeah. I mean, there's no one at risk, but the fact that she just... Hey, fuck it. Okay, I'll go down a bit. The Chinese boy stole two seaplanes and took them for a spin. <laughs> <laughs> he could receive pilot training. <laughs> they had to do anything in China to get an edge, wouldn't they? Yeah. It's gusto. You gotta have gusto if you, you know, if you own it, mm. you can own it. Yeah, but don't steal planes. <laughs> I mean, what happened if she had it taken off? Well, she well, just, she'd have flown in the plane, wouldn't she? Well, no, she crashed just, into a fucking mountain. No, yeah. crashed into a jet airliner. Yeah. yeah. She ram in speed at the side of a 737. Which takes me on to my next. So uh, there's a, there was a Seattle plane crash in 2018 where um, Richard Russell hijacked... Richard Russell almost says like Russell Case from Independence <laughs> Day. <Yeah. laughs> the crazy drunk guy. A Horizon Air turboprop plane and performed a dramatic loop the loop and a barrel roll before crashing it into nearby wooded area. And there is a video if you can want to search yeah. the article. Um, the video is that, I mean, he's put some time in a Microsoft Flight Sim, and he? Oh, he's got one, hasn't he? Because he does this bloody straight sweeping loop and then he comes in the dive, pulls it up, and he's like. You must be no more than like six foot off the fucking surface of the lake or something. Yeah. It's ridiculously you can, you low. You can see some sort of fizz. Can't yeah. You? But so he was probably. I bet he was shitting his pants though at the time. He kind of thought this is going to come off perfectly. <laughs> when you see when the nose is just you're like, please pull up, please pull up, please pull. Ah, oh, there we go. What a rush though. Oof. That's pretty what he did it. I haven't jizzed in my pants. Well. <laughs> well, they had two fighter jets beside him trying to coax him down <laughs> at one point, and he's like, yeah, I play uh, video games. <laughs> yeah, fuck this, just going to crash into the woods. <laughs> <laughs> I never figured out how to land on the simulator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I just... <laughs> oh, he didn't go on the Krypton Factor, did he? <laughs> fuck, I used love that. Yeah, me too. I'm showing my age. I know. You need to redo that. Yeah, they do. It was all about the assault course at the end of the yeah. zip wire. Yeah. Into the mud. <laughs> no one got away being clean on that assault course. No. <laughs> I don't even know he's a host that. He's an old guy. Mm. He's really dead by now. Mm. So this guy, he was, yeah. Um, yeah, he worked at the airport and he'd applied to be a pilot a couple of times. So it's a bit of a, you know, maybe one of them sort of crazy sort of stories where he, he's just he's just snapped. And then just robbed the plane. I mean, his latest rejection is... Yeah. I'll show them how good I am. Yeah. <laughs> Steals a plane, realises he never did the landing bit. Mm. He always turned off the Xbox before they had to land the plane. Yeah. And That's the boring part. Yeah. And then thought, oh, shit. <laughs> uh, to be fair, it's pretty nifty, isn't it? Yeah, because it says there, it's unclear how the man had skills to perform the loops as he didn't have a pilot's licence. At all, so yeah. he's obviously got. You can't just surely you can't just jump into a 
a plane and fly it. You've got to know what you're doing, sure. If he's applied for his pilot's license, he must have surely done... he's had practice or he's at least read the manual. So mm. he's one of the ground crew that, uh, you know, uh, the ones that, 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 pull it, that pull it along uh, on one of them machines, but they have to know how to turn it on into a sort of neutral. So it's not... Gotcha. Yeah, so he, he knew a little bit about, yeah. about something. something yeah. Uh, Fair right. play to him, I say. Yeah, why not? I mean, okay, it's, it's a glorious... went out with a bang. It's a glorious death. <laughs> yeah. It is a glorious death, and I like it. So I want to go. Well, no, it isn't. I want to go 102 choking on a 21-year-old's bra strap. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, if I, had a ch- if I was going to do it, but not in a suicide bombery kind of way, no. obviously. Obviously. I'm not going to fly a plane into the Houses of Parliament. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Mike. Do you wanna do, you wanna do the next one? Yeah. This, this is a, a biggie in terms of aviation. Yeah. The of Amelia Earhart. Yeah. I mean, first uh, female pilot to set loads of records. First mm. famous female pilot, to my knowledge. Yeah. And in June 1937, she set out to become the first woman to fly around the world. A trip of 29,000 miles. That's 46,000 kilometers. She completed all but the final 7,000 miles by July the 2nd when she and her navigator, Fred Noonan, took off from Ley in Papua New Guinea for a 2,556-mile, 4,000-kilometre flight to Howland Island, a small island in the Pacific. A US Coast Guard cutter, the Itasca, was stationed just offshore and two other ships were positioned along the flight route as markers for Earhart's plane. Nevertheless, the plane ran into overcast skies and intermittent rain showers that made celestial navigation Noonan's favourite method oh. difficult. Yep, can't see them stars. Don't know where you're going. No. But I mean, that's 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 the beautiful thing about this era is like we've got technology hadn't caught up to the science, had it? There wasn't. I mean, yes, you can you can have a map and you can work out airspeed and where you should be on this map, but you still got guys going, ah, fuck it, navigate by the stars. I'm not using that fancy map. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm probably the way they were taught. Yeah, well, yeah, and if it's if it's the one he's most comfortable with, he's gonna be like, yeah, celestial navigation it is. Unless it's cloudy. Unless it's cloudy. <laughs> and well, you know, can't they be using a compass? No. Well, you'd think that, but he's probably using like he's using That's the, so maritime. It is. <laughs> it's, 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 this is aviation, Claire. We'll have none of that maritime business here. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently, the next morning at seven forty-two, the Itasca picked up. The radio transmission from Earhart. We must be on you, but we cannot see you. Fuel is running low. About an hour later, Earhart radioed, we are running north and south. Well, that's not good. Oh, Bobby's looking for the island, presumably. Uh, yeah. That was her last transmission, and her plane never arrived. Rescuers mounted what was at the time the most massive search in aviation history, searching 250,000 square miles, that's 647,000 square kilometres, of ocean in a fruitless attempt to find her. Some believe the plane crashed in the ocean and the passengers were killed. Others that they survived the crash but died of thirst on a remote island. Or eaten by giant crabs, which is <laughs> another thing theory. Or else they were taken alive as hostages by the Japanese who thought they were spies. To this day, Earhart and Noonan's fate remains a mystery. Let's just run through these a little bit. So, um... Okay, so obviously, if they crash in the ocean, chances are someone's going to find them unless they are. Well, they kind like of debris? Got, yeah, they'd be debris, wouldn't they? Not if it sank. No, I suppose that depends on how good a pilot Jackie was. I mean, but a water landing is 
very difficult. To, then again, you'd think it would probably be a seaplane in all fairness, wouldn't you? Possibly. Crash, survived the crash, died of thirst, and eaten by giant crabs, mm-hmm. all wild boar. Oh, they become mm. extras in Lost. Oh, they become extras in Lost. Uh-huh. Yeah, they should have put. They should have put them two in Lost. Yeah. That would have been awesome. <laughs> and of course, or crashed on a Japanese occupied island, and then were executed as spies. There are witnesses to that, apparently. I know. Yeah, I do. But how reliable those witnesses mm. are? Are yeah. the crash landing and dying and being eaten by the local wildlife or dying of thirst and both really. Probably number one. Apparently, though, Noonan, a radio uh, a, a navigator, was a drunk. Hmm. He was a secret alcoholic. Oh, dear. So, chances are... And they didn't get on. I'm not sure if they'd had a relationship together that hadn't worked. But she still picked him because she knew him, I suppose. Yeah. She trusted him to, to navigate. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but apparently he was a closet drunk. So that's probably got a lot to do with the, the plane going off course. It's one of them tragedies, really. I like the idea that, like, the 4400 show where uh, she was abducted by aliens and then yeah. she came back later on. <laughs> I'll go for probably the bottom of the ocean, mate. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. The unexplained disappearance of Frederick Valantich. No, you know I can't go an episode without talking for a- about aliens. <laughs> I am a slut for aliens. <laughs> so I had to throw this one in. And it's also one that I don't quite believe is true. Oh. Might be a first. I think it is. Give <laughs> everything daft fucking UFO conspiracy. You leave Kelly Hopkinsville alone, that was a legitimate encounter. With owls, yeah. Not owls. <laughs> Not owls. So, though Fred Valentich disappeared almost 40 years ago, his disappearance still captures the attention of UFO hunters. So, in 1978, Fred Valentich disappeared. He'd been attempting a training flight over the Bass Strait between the Australian mainland and Tasmania, flying a Cessna uh, 182L, a light aircraft, and was a moderately experienced pilot, clocking roughly 150 hours flying time. On the evening of October 21st, Valentich departed for the training flight from Murabin to King Island, a 120-50-mile trek over the Bass Strait. At 7.06pm, Valantich radioed the Melbourne Flight Service to report an unidentified aircraft following him at 4,500 feet. The service told him there was no traffic near him at the time. Valantich insisted he could see a large, unknown aircraft near him, which appeared to have four bright landing lights, all illuminated. He claimed it passed a thousand feet above him, moving at high speed. For another five minutes, he reported the aircraft movements. He claimed it was moving toward him, although he thought the other pilot was toying with him and it was orbiting above him. The only description between the four landing lights that Valantich was able to give was that the aircraft's exterior was shiny and metallic and it had a green light. A few minutes after first radioing the Melbourne Flight Service, Valantich reported he was having engine trouble. The radio officials asked him once more to identify the other aircraft. It isn't an aircraft, he managed to respond, right before the transmission was cut off. The last sound the radio officials heard was a metallic scraping sound. Mm-hmm. Radio officials at the Melbourne Flight Service assumed that Frederick Valanche had crashed, but an initial sea and air search of the area he was last reported in turned up nothing. The Australian Department of Transport looked into Valanche's disappearance but wasn't able to find anything. 
A few scattered reports of civilians seeing planes landed or flying overhead were collected, but in the end, the disappearance was resumed fatal and the case was closed. Mm. Aliens. <laughs> but the case was far from over. Five years after Volantic went missing, an engine cowl flap, that's one of the things that helps sort of give lift or drop to the plane, sits on the back of the wing. Oh, right, I know. Would have put a given, would have helped steer the navigate the plane in this case, it's an engine cowl. Uh, Ross Ashore on Flinders Island. The Bureau of Air Safety Investigation noted the part came from the same type of aircraft Volantic was piloting and they had serial numbers within the same range as his plane. After the mysterious disappearance, the public learned from Guido Valantich's what a name! Mm. Guido Valantich! I'm going to change my name to that. Mm. <laughs> Fred's father, that Valantich was an ardent believer in UFOs and was often worried about being attacked by one. Right. It also came out that he had applied twice to the Royal Australian Air Force and was rejected both times for inadequate educational experience. He was also studying to be a commercial pilot but had failed his examinations twice. He'd also received several warnings after flying once into a restricted zone in Sydney and twice into clouds. UFOologists or ufologists jumped on the case immediately offering claims that he was abducted by aliens. They claim there are eyewitness accounts of the green lights that Volantich reported seen moving across the sky in the area he was last reported being seen. A group in Phoenix, Arizona also believes that UFO abduction is a likely explanation. The ground source of watch claims to have photos taken by a plumber <laughs> that show a fast-moving object moving through the water near the scene of the disappearance. However, the photos have proven to be too blurry to clearly identify the object. Who the fuck's his plumber? I don't know, he's just a plumber. <laughs> don't you not plumbers, Mike, they're the salt of the earth plumbers. Yeah. What's he doing on his break? <laughs> he must be. He's just there, with, you know, this camera. Break from his plumbing. Yeah, he just thought, I'm going to take some photos of this beautiful Australian bay. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe he was just on holiday and taking pictures and he just happened to be a plumber. Oh, right. You know, they just, for some reason, just described him as a plumber rather than a man on holiday. Who hmm. can say? The case remained a topic of conversation amongst conspiracy theories for 40 years, although no new information was ever collected until 2014. A UFO action group in Victoria claimed that an unidentified farmer saw a 30-metre aircraft hovering over his farm the morning after Volantich went missing. Looking for cows. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> he also claimed that Frederick Volantich's missing aircraft was stuck to the side of the UFO, leaking oil. So he just ploughed through him, did it? <laughs> he stuck there like a... Oh, like a deer on a fender. Mm. <laughs> 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 the only problem is the Victorian UFO group never learned the name of the farmer. He never found him. Yeah, there's no real explanation of his disappearance. The mystery continues to haunt Australia's conspiracy theorists to this day. Uh, lots of people who've said they've seen UFOs around the area, but they can't even identify a farmer who's claiming that the poor lad's aircraft was stuck on the side like a bug splattered on a windshield. Mm. <laughs> I mean... Or a dodgy plumber in his blue photo. Exactly. I mean, you've got to give me more than that. You give me the eyewitness of a bunch of hillbillies in a log cabin shooting at aliens, uh. I'll take that every day. <laughs> yeah. right? A few green lights in the sky. A few green lights in the sky, captured by a plumber and a farmer. Nah. That could be the um, Aurora Australialis, what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
In his farm. Green light. In the daylight. In his farm. In the daylight. <laughs> in yeah, the wrong time of year. And localised. Uh... Localised only in his farm. Uh, <laughs> can I see them? No. <laughs> Another little bit that article didn't mention, but I know because I'm a slut for aliens, is that... Um, he basically quoted a line from Close Encounters of the Third Kind as well uh. before that plane crashed. I go pilot suicide because he'd been rejected and thought, yeah. you know what, I'm just going to fuck with everybody. Fuck me. Yeah, there's been... another one this evening, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Keeping the, the, you know, the man down, aren't they? That's not it. giving him a chance. All this boy wants to do is fly and he's just fly. not quite clever enough to pass the exams. They can fly the damn plane. So what well, if he can't? Not. <laughs> <laughs> so what if he can't tell a cumulonimbus from a hundred and eighty kilometre, eighty knot wind? Mm. I don't care. Let him in. He can fly. <laughs> Just because he can't write his name properly. Yeah, the fact that he's dead now probably. You know. <laughs> well, that does disqualify him in most mm. cases. <laughs> Being dead is a handicap. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the hair grows, the nails grow, but conversation drops off. Mm. <laughs> Just like my cock. <laughs> What's that? Top, top, two. It's in another dimension. Well, it is in another dimension, that's true. Oh, yeah, Claire, we have to fill you in on that. Mike has an interdimensional penis. Right, okay. It's travelling through the multiverses as we speak. It's a brilliant came. joke from like episode two. Yeah. Multiverse. And again, we, can, we keep it going. We do. Because <laughs> we're sad bastards. <laughs> Reminds me of the Spider-Man into the multiverse. Oh, Spider-Verse, that. that's awesome. Spider-verse, love oh, that. I love that film. I watched it at the, at the cinema. Yeah. Amazing. You know, like when you're just blown away by a film? Oh, yeah, yeah, I've yeah. been blown away mm. for ages, and I've come out of there going, yeah. It's <laughs> awesome, isn't it? No, it's basically, like, Spider-Man in, there's a, obviously the multiverse, so there's all these different Spider-Men or Spider-People. And women. Yeah, Spider-Gwen. Yeah. Pig. Spider-Pig. Spider pig. Spider ham. Sorry, spider ham. Sorry. Spider ham. On his planet, everyone's a pig. In his multiverse, everyone's a pig. Yeah. Um, There's like Spider Man Noir. He's from a 1940s detective multiverse. He's awesome. Wears a little hat and trench coat. Yeah. (laughs) He's always in shady. And he's in black and white. Spider Nazis. (laughs) There would be a spider Nazi, yeah. There's Peter Parker, who's our Spider Man. But he's like, at this point, he's given up on it because Mary Jane's left him. He's got a gut and everything. Yeah, and he's, he's, like, got he's at a condi- middle age spread. <laughs> he's, he's middle age spread. He's not interested anymore. He's not a Spider Man. Uh, Mary Jane left me because I'm Spider Man. She's a spoiler alert, really, shouldn't we? <laughs> and then there's like that that um, multiverse is Spider Man's like the best version of Spider Man. He's awesome. He's like the, the, the ultimate hero Spider Man. And then this little black kid called, called Mars Morales gets bit by another spider and he has to take over. Hmm. And he knows nothing. And he's really unfortunate in the fact that most of the Avengers in his multiverse are dead. So he's got no one to teach him. Yeah, so he's just yeah, a bit lost. Yeah. Well worth a watch, though. Genuinely a good mm. movie. Yeah. Go ahead, Mike, do you want to take this one? Yeah. Last one, Missing H-Bomb. Missing H-Bomb? That's not Don't panic. panic. Don't panic. Where the fuck is that? I want to know. I'm panicking now. During a routine training mission off the coast of Georgia in February 1958, a B-47 bomber accidentally collided with an F-86 fighter jet whose pilot didn't see the bomber on his radar. What the fuck was he doing? Uh, He's a pilot, at least look out the bloody window. I mean, you don't need your radar when there's a 
fucking huge bomber coming at you, do you? Yeah, but how quick? If it's cloudy, would you see it? I don't know. Oh, right, well, so if you're not... Well, look at your bloody radar! <laughs> There's going to be something. The crash tore the left wing off the fighter and severely damaged the bomber's fuel tanks. The bomber pilot, Air Force Colonel Howard Wilt Richardson, was confronted with an agonising dilemma. His aircraft happened to be carrying a 7,000 pound, 3,175 kilogram H-bomb, and Richardson was worried that the bomb would break loose from its damaged plane when he tried to land. He was going to try and land that with one wing going... <laughs> I'm, I'm impressed. No, the, bomber, the bomber's only got a damaged fuel tank. The oh. fire pilot's lost his wing. <laughs> Um, but, it's always gone flying off. But why don't it? they just take the fuse out? Just deactivate the bomb. It's not going to go off then, is it? It's got to be a way they can deactivate it. Is he flying the plane alone, or? I wouldn't have thought so. Is a bomb? Is at least two men to fly it. Then you've got the bombardier, the gunners. I don't know if there's gunners actually. Navigator certainly. Well, anyway, to avoid that situation, he went with his only other option and dumped the bomb into Oof. the waters off Tybee Island, Georgia before landing at Hunter Air Force Base outside Savannah. The Navy searched for the lost bomb for more than two months without success, and for decades its location has remained a mystery. The Air Force says the bomb presents little hazard if left undisturbed. <laughs> so, all right, so we can obviously deactivate it enough to drop it in the sea without it exploding. And I suppose it would have a, a fuse, a, an altitude fuse, but even so... You've got to deactivate it enough so it doesn't explode in the sea. See, yeah, sure. So, so why not just la deactivate it and land? Does it make sense? This man's an idiot. How do you get to fly a bomber with an F and a H bomb? Mm -hmm. I actually watched a documentary on the first H bomb. Mm. It's called Ivy Mike, and the Americans are like, right, we've made this H bomb. We need to get a lead on the Russians. The they've got the A bomb. We need to step up our game. And they put, uh, I think it was lithium-6 and lithium-7 in this bomb. And they're like, yeah, the lithium-6 is the reactive bit. The lithium-7 will restrain it. It won't react. It did react. Fuck. And it basically just obliterated part of this island chain. And the guys in the bunker, 20, 30 miles away, were genuinely worried the shockwave was going to hit them. <laughs> they thought they were fucked. They thought they were completely underestimated how strong this thing was. And it actually to the point where people living in island chains hundreds of miles away upwind, which were projected to be okay because they weren't projecting that much radiation, had to be evacuated. Uh, a Japanese fishing boat came into the area. All those guys died of radiation later on. And, like, it was just complete fuck up. And this knob is dropping one in the sea. Richard Russell wouldn't do that, would he? <laughs> no, he'd have flown it into a cliff and it's worse. He'd have taken everyone out with him. Uh, <laughs> At least Russell Case would have flown it into an alien <laughs> ship. Did you know, actually, I found something out. Independence Day. You know, we, uh, I never mentioned it on the episodes. I didn't know about it. The end scene where Russell Case is flying the jet through in the original cut, that's his red biplane. Ah... That he has at the start of the film. No way. And it's like, they cut it out because they thought that would never work. And it <laughs> didn't. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. So we have it. Aviation mysteries. We should also sort of mention, uh, yeah, this isn't an exhaustive list. I mean, 9-11's got a lot of conspiracy involved with that one. That's going to be... 
<laughs> no, straightforward, right? These two blokes, these, these blokes threw planes into stuff, and mm. that was it. That's the end of it. <laughs> and the, the suspicious demolition like, you know, falling of the tower as well, you know. Ah, oh, see, I, <laughs> <laughs> I firmly believe that jet fuel can melt steel beams, mm-hmm. and that the fact that the Pentagon you know, wasn't deliberately hit in their financial offices mm. when they just reported a loss of a $2 billion black hole in their budget that had just vanished, you know, just vanished. That yeah. two, $2 billion, oh, do you know what happened to that? Something's quite, it's just too coincidental. It is, isn't it? And the guy who could barely fly the plane doing an intricate lowering manoeuvre in circles and loops and then coming in at 60 feet below the ground to smash into that Pentagon financial office. Ben, there were no planes. Oh, there were holograms. Well, the Pentagon one was probably a cruise missile in all well, yes. Yeah. Looks like a missile-shaped hole to me. <laughs> yeah, but how many plane-shaped holes have you seen in your life? Well, no, but I know that a plane's got fucking wings and it'll cause more damage ah, than the, a small circle the, hole. The excuse is the, the wings fall off. Oh, right, but before they, they hit, make contact. Yeah. There's no pictures of the wings. No, there isn't. So that's what's fishy. There's no indentations. There's no indentations on the wall opposite of the wings that would have fell off, maybe. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) Well, they didn't fall off when they hit the towers, did they? Yeah, but that's going to be an episode all on its own later this year. Mm. Next year. Next year. Oh yeah, it's only 2020 now. (laughs) I'm already want this year to be over. Next year. That'll be in the planning. Right, so let's finish with some weird news. Let's get the boys' views on this week's weird news. Furious father claims Boris Johnson climbed his fence and set up the tent without permission. Probably. Bit of wild camping. <laughs> Angry landowner Kenny Cameron told her the couple set up their bell tent on his property apparently believing the 20-acre field as part of their rented coastal cottage. Is he got a rented coastal cottage? What the fuck are you doing sleeping in a tent? Surely that's for the plebs that Boris no. employs. <laughs> Roughing it for the night. Ugh. Boris Johnson pitched his tent in a farmer's field without permission during his Scottish holiday, it was claimed. The Prime Minister was also accused of lighting a campfire during his Harlem <gasps> getaway with fiance Carrie Simmons and therefore... Oh, sorry. Belch. I've been for a while. Four-month-old son Wilfred. Angry landowner Kenny Cameron took the couple set up their bell tent. They reckoned it was uh, theirs, but no. They also believe they used chairs from the home to create a makeshift style to climb over a three-foot wire fence. I didn't think Boris was that creative. He's uh, given him the Bear grills experience. Yeah. Isn't right, he? I say, let's use these chairs to make a style. Typically, <laughs> <laughs> he can just think he can pitch how he wants, isn't it? Oh, the entitled prick. Look at that bubble hat. Look at that face. Only a mother could love that face. Well, apparently, and several, several women who are agreed to give him children, but, you know. Won't admit how many kids he's got, will he? No. I wonder how many he has got. They reckon it's seven. Fuck oh, yeah. But he won't, he, he has, like, there's no contact with him, he pays no money, he refuses to acknowledge they're his. So I'm of the right age, I'm, so I'm just going to go, whenever I see Boris, I'm just going to go, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Daddy. 
this is Kenny says that uh, usually if you want to go to a fenced area, that's your mission. But I was asked after, not asked at all. It's very polite. He could have put up his attention in the garden of the cottage. Would have been no problem. He could have easily damaged the fence. Yeah, and having a bonfire is always a risk. Yeah. I've got no time for Boris, but this is a bit... Petty. Yeah. You know, yeah. but I, I did read some interesting gossip on Twitter about Boris that's alleged. Private Eye alleged it last week. Mm-hmm. That kid isn't his, and that big argument that was before the election, was it, that the police were called to their flat? Uh. That was her finding out that he'd been knocking off some violinist for some orchestra. And that was what the row was about. Apparently that kid might not be his. But he's taken out a super injunction now to stop that. So Private Eye, Private Eye had to allege it. Uh. And he's lived, he and his lot is very good at alleging things, yeah. isn't he? Bit of gossip there. Yeah. Don't know if it's true. Maybe. Could believe it. Whatever he gets with his private life, his own business, son of mine, but the way he runs the country is my business and he's doing a terrible job. Oh, give it, Mike. Give it ten years, Mike. Mm. Give it ten years, I'll be there. Captain U-turn. <laughs> Captain U-turn. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they have done twat. some fucking U-turns, haven't they? Oh, don't they just? Okay, next up, chocolate snow falls on Swiss town after ventilation defect at Lint Factory. Oh my god, this is oh, the kind, yes. this is the disaster you want. Yeah. yeah. This is the Chernobyl this is what Chernobyl should have been. <laughs> Residents of a Swiss town got a bit of a shock when it started snowing particles of fine cocoa powder after the ventilation system at a chocolate factory malfunctioned. The Linton Sprungli Company confirmed local reports on Tuesday that there was a minor defect in the cooling ventilation for a line for roasted cocoa nibs in its factory in Alton between Zurich and Basel. The nibs, fragmented fragments of crushed cocoa beans, are the basis of chocolate. Oh, Lindt chocolate's fucking lovely, isn't it? Fucking expensive as well. I know, yeah, but I've been tempted, like, I've looked at the small boxes of the Lindt Lindt chocolates and gone, Mm. ooh, they're on offer. Oh, they're still a fiver. Won't be buying them then. (laughs) Can't afford that. It'd be cool if all the houses in uh, Switzerland were made of... Made of chocolate. Like fucking Homer Simpson's... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, we are from the land of chocolate. Mm. Mm, the land of chocolate. Um. <laughs> that sounds really good, couldn't it, Mike? Um. <laughs> You've done that before, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Combined with strong winds on Friday morning, the powder spread around the immediate vicinity of the factory, leaving a fine cocoa dusting. The company says one car was lightly coated, (laughs) and that is offered to pay for any cleaning needed, but hasn't yet been taken up on the offer. Man, I'd go for that. Mm -hmm. I'd love it. I'd I'd just be outside with my mouth open. (laughs) Oh, and side article there. Polish... Polish motorway is covered in chocolate as tanker truck overturns. <laughs> Obviously, they're licking the floor. Yeah. <laughs> Motorways are sanitary, right? Uh. <laughs> all right. Well, then, last one, Claire. It's all yours. Jurassic Park experiment. 750 million genetically engineered mosquitoes to be released in Florida this week. Uh. Doesn't, that's a headline I don't want to read. No. Genetically modern. How big are they? Well, they're the, the usual size. <laughs> they're six foot tall and they'll fight you. Yeah. <laughs> you're on Mosquito wanna... Coast. Oh, you're on Mosquitoes as big as your head. <laughs> you're on Mosquito Coast. 
So they're being um, let out across the Florida Keys, a British-based firm, Oztech. Oxytech? Oxytech are behind the project and will test whether the altered mosquitoes can work um, as an alternative to pesticide to control the spread of diseases such as Zika, Dengue. 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 Ben. Chikungunya. Chikungunya. <laughs> Great and yellow fever. You don't want dengue fever. Definitely I don't not. know about chicken dungunya. <laughs> chicken ungunya just sounds like a curry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a ch- chicken conclaire. <laughs> I'll have a chicken conclaire and two poppadoms, please, mate. So it's a Chinese Indian mix, is it? <laughs> they're letting out these mosquitoes and they're, they're being created to produce female offspring that die at the larval stage. Or they grow big enough to spread disease and bite. Because uh, females bite for blood. I don't know, I know, believe me. <laughs> Sorry, Claire. <laughs> Males feed on nectar. Aww. Aww. Lovely little pacifists. Mm. So the male mosquito in this relationship is sort of a cook, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> and the female ones are like, you will fuck me now. <laughs> you will. And you're okay. Uh, not as bad as the anglerfish. What happens with the anglerfish? And the male latches on. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so we can, because it's hard to find a partner in the dark ocean because they live at like great depths. Oh, they're in the trench. In, yeah, in the, in the darkness. And they've got like a, they're called anglerfish because they've got like a little spiny thing with a light on. Oh, yeah. That sort of attracts fish. They've got a bit of underbite, haven't they? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. It. I know what you're on about. They've got that, yeah, they've got the a, light bulb going off yeah, their head. Yeah, that's a female. The male's tiny. He just goes underneath the female. And then after time, she just absorbs him. Wow. By the lips? All of him. All Puffing of him? The testicles. They leave the testicles. Ah. Oh. Fucking hell. Then you've got the praying mantis female. Mm. Cuts the head off. The, like, he bites the head off the male once she's done with him. And the male seahorse gives birth, doesn't he? Yeah. God, cruel nature. It is cruel. Everyone's like, ah, oh, nature. I know it's fucking horrible. It's a daily quest for survival. And they're not, they don't even have self awareness to know. Hmm. It's that's probably for, for the best. Oh, yeah. So I wouldn't like an elephant to be self aware. I love elephants, but they'd be like, why are you hunting us for at us? Because I'd be like, it's not me. I didn't do anything. I love you. You're great, but. You know, I can do it. Imagine if they were self-aware. The rhino. Could you look a rhino in the eye with it's like a single tear coming down? Oh, fucking hell, Ben. It's suppressing, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We inherited Eden and we're turning it into hell. Ooh. Where'd you get that from? Nice. Very nice. Whenever I think of rhinos, I always think of that uh, when nature calls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he comes birthing out of his butthole. <laughs> <laughs> You know what, go back and watch that film and you'll be surprised how very inappropriate it is by today's standards yeah, in terms of the stereotypes and the language used. Yeah. It's um it wasn't as good as the first though, was it though? I do love the I love the, the first the, the first one was even more risky. I know, wasn't yeah, it, it is know? nowadays. Yeah. Wait, Einhorn Einhorn is Finkel, Finkel is Einhorn! Oh. <laughs> yeah. That is quite transphobic in our days, I suppose, by today's yeah, standards. Yeah. Isn't that amazing if comedy changes? Mm. Society, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Changing for the better, hopefully. More progressive, more inclusive. That's what everyone wants, isn't it? It's good. Well, some people don't want it, obviously. 
No, no, they don't. They're not too keen on it. And snowflakes. Mm, well, I mean, if the the ones who usually say snowflakes are usually the white supremacists who yeah. then go off and cry when you say something to them that defeats their entire argument. Mm. I suppose you just gotta. Well, oh, everything's fucked in it. Fuck it. <laughs> comic coming soon. <laughs> Screw it. The asteroid gonna hurt us. It's only six feet, wasn't it? Yeah, but if it comes down, it lands on my house. <laughs> oh, that'd be just my fucking luck, that would. Oh, oh, is that the end? Yeah. Are we done? All right. Well, thank you very much for listening. I've been Ben. As they don't drink the flavour aid, don't join a cult. I've been Mike. Thanks for listening. Peace out. May the force be with you. I've been Claire. And, yeah, check out for the comet. Check it out. Yeah. Oh, and listen to Devil's Advocate, name pending. Yeah, I'm going to plug my own show. <laughs> plug my side project. Right, thank you. Good night.